I know that Mother's Day can be a day of great joy and of hope and what's to come. But for some, Mother's Day can be a day of much difficulty, a memory and what could have been or a mother that has gone on. And maybe this is your first Mother's Day without your mom. My prayer today is that your heart is comforted and that God would give you what you need to get through the day. No doubt it's a, a different world to live in if mom's not here. But I'm so, so thankful for the hope of heaven. We do not sorrow nor grieve nor uh, take in life as those that have no hope. We're able to look at life with the absence of someone like a mother and say, I have hope that one day I'll see her again. Uh, today my heart is very simple and I'll be straight to the point with what I feel God has put in our hearts today to share with you from his word. This life that we're living in, the day and age in which God has sovereignly chose for you to live, keep that into perspective. That God chose in his sovereign will for you to be alive now. For you to be a mother now. For you to be a father, to you, for you to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ now. And I know there's some old hearts here that wish that they were born in the 1800s and you're still churning your own butter and doing that sort of thing. But that's, you can still churn your own butter. But that's not the day and age in which you're living. God knew that you needed to be born when you were born. God knew who you needed to marry. God knew the man that he was preparing to marry you and not only be your husband, but be the father of your children. And he has divinely appointed this time for you to be alive. And the good news is the same God that provided for those very strong, abled women in the 1860s and the 1870s is the same God that will provide for you in this day and in this hour to be the mother that God wants you to be. He did not assign you the role and the position of being mother to not equip you to be the mother he wants you to be. There is a possibility, there is the opportunity for every mother in the building to be a mom who can, but today the challenge is for you not only to be a mom who can, but be a mother who must. A mother who must. And through a selection of scriptures, we'll look at that together this morning. Let's pray and then we'll get into God's word. Heavenly Father, again, we want to thank you God, for this wonderful Lord's Day to be together. God, we're here in principle to honor you, to worship you, to acknowledge resurrection on this Sunday, this beautiful day that you've given us. But God, we also acknowledge your creation of the family. God, that you would have for us a mother, that every person under the sound of my voice, whether they're worshiping online or here in the building, whether they're listening on radio or watching on TV, everyone listening to me has had a mother. Father, you designed this. This was your perfect will and your plan. And today we say thank you for our mothers. Lord, I thank you publicly for my mother, God, that you gave to me. Lord, I pray that today you would bless her, God, that you would encourage her. And Lord, that I would be faithful to love her and to be thankful to be grateful for her for the rest of my life. Thank you today, Lord, for our mothers. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. From the conversations I've had recently that I've either overheard or conversations that I've had personally with members of my family, members of this church, uh, there is a kind of fear, a kind of darkness that is raising up in the hearts of young mothers and mothers with children who are young that are still at home. Young women who are pregnant are taking in what this world is becoming. They're taking in what the United States of America is beginning to develop and to show to be. And they're looking with their baby bumps into the next two or three years. They're looking into those next two or three or five years with great anxiety and with great worry. They're watching what public education is becoming. 
They're watching what the level of simple morality is in this country. Uh, It's all changing right before their eyes. And at the end of the day, a lot of people are dealing with anxiety as it pertains to parenting their children. No one is going to worry more or be more preoccupied with the condition and the life of a child more than its mother. It's the mechanism that God's given you, that he's planted in you, that he's rooted deep in your DNA, that you care for your children. You want them to prosper. You want them to be healthy. You want them to have a good life. You want them to have safety and security. But it's hard for parents to imagine what kind of world their children are going to have to live in. Think of what 10 years from today will be in our country. Think of what American society could be in the next decade if America does not awaken to its senses, realize the great blessing and the responsibility given to her in our freedom and our liberty by God, and then turn back to the God that gave it. Imagine what it could be in the next 10 years. Many mothers are doing just that. And some of you are here today and your grandparents. You know exactly what can happen in just a few years what a generation taking a break from God can do. You've seen it firsthand. And you have just as much worry and just as much anxiety as the parents have, but you're able to mask it better. You've got the years of experience, the gray hair that kind of keeps the facade up, that you're the strong rock. But if you had to be honest and put your feelings to paper, you're worried about the condition of your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and what they're going to have to live in. It's what keeps you up at night. It's what keeps your prayer life active and vibrant is praying about the future. And we hear these conversations all the time. Our church staff runs into this each and every day head on, the worries and the fears of families. And our world, you must understand, our world that we're living in has always been a dangerous place. It's always been a dangerous place to live, but in some ways it's more dangerous now than it has ever been in our world. And mothers are raising their children in a day where they face a very, very troubled world. The days of Aunt B on the front porch making peach ice cream and leaving the door open all night long so that you can get a summer breeze are over. The sad part is we chose for those days to be over. We legislated it away. We turned our backs on God. And when we turned our backs on God, the level of morality and what was just good, common, decent people seems to erode quickly. It's just the facts of life. It's where we're living. But do not be disheartened and do not be discouraged by the fact that you live in this day. God has brought you here and trusts you and has equipped you and will give you what you need to be a mom who can, but a mother that must. Moms today, especially Christian mothers, are facing something that really in our lifetime, this is the first time that Christians are public enemy number one. And the system is coming out against Christian families with a fierceness like never seen before. Never in the history of the world have we been so exposed to the level or the amount of trouble that we see not just in our locality or our home, but all over the world. The world is a troubled place. But everyone, including mothers, has never had to deal with so much trouble. Mothers today are constantly in a battle. They're constantly in a struggle. And much of that battle and much of that struggle is the vacuum of the media-driven lifestyle, especially of American mothers. It's nothing short of a battlefield Your Instagram life is nothing more than a war of opinion, a war of sufficiency, a war of influence. When an American mother gets on Instagram and surfs and she's fed the data that the program, the AI, knows that it needs to feed her to keep her engaged, she will see there on Instagram, on TikTok, on Pinterest, what a mother as described by culture should be and what a mother as described by culture should look like. And what a mother, as described by culture, 
should allow in her home for the sake of being the cool mom. That is a war against the family and it's a war against moms. It's a battlefield. In this day and age, mothers must fight this battle, fight this war to protect and to maintain, to establish this realm of protection over their babies at an age earlier than ever before. You used to be able to let your seven-year-old or your eight-year-old go to school, not worry, come home and allow them to be children. But now culture and society has changed the playing field. And now children as young as six and seven years old have to have conversations that they have no business having at six and seven and eight years old, not because of the moms and the dads and what they're saying, but because what they go to school and are exposed to. This is a war against families and a war against mothers. They're having to pray like never before. They're having to carry the burden of what life is more than ever before. And my heart today is to encourage each mom, each mother, no matter how old you are, no matter how old your children are, you must understand that even your adult children need you. Your adult children who have maybe children of their own, they still need you to be a mom who can, but a mother who must. I want every mom here in the building and worshiping with me online, I want you to say out loud with me, I am a mom who can. Say it with me. I am a mom who can. I'll do better than that. I am a mom who can. Now say it without me saying it. It's kind of weird. I am a mom who can. Yes, you are. You are a mom who can because of Jesus. But you are a mother who must do a few things in this life and in this war that you're raging. Moms are so much more than cooks. Thank God they're good cooks. But moms are so much more than your lasagna chef. That's my mom's best dish and my favorite that she makes. And we're not even Italian. She loves that lasagna all the way into my mouth. So good. But you know what? My mom is more than a cook. Moms are so much more than the merry maids of your home. Moms are more than cleaners and picker up afterers. Ladies, this is your place. Say amen. Moms are so much more than errand runners or list doers. Moms are mentors. Moms are mind shapers. Moms are moment makers. Moms are vital. Moms are the chief representative of the tender attributes of mercy and grace in the home. When you feel like dad's getting ready to maybe just take you on out, you can run to mom and find some solace, some love and some mercy. And just maybe she'll be your advocate at the great execution. Now, honey, he didn't mean it. Yes, he did. He did it right in front of me. I told him not to. He did. But honey, that's what mom is, your advocate. And that's how God designed the home to be. The bottom line is moms are a must. We all need a mom. If you're here today, you're alive and you're well and you're listening to the message today, you have air in your lungs and you have a brain and you have a heart and blood inside of you, then at some point in time, you have had a mother if you have not had a mom, you're not here. But praise God, you have a mom. And the struggle of this world and this life is to keep that relationship what it should be. And many of us are here with heavy hearts today because we don't have that relationship or our mothers are estranged or our mothers are in a place of difficulty. And there is no relationship. But at the end of the day, nothing can change that that is your mother. All of us have moms. Number one, mothers must have faith. Moms, if you want to be a mom who can, then you must be a mother who has faith. Moms must have faith. Turn with me into Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, a very familiar verse. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. 
And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Really, this is what parenting is, boiled down, reduced down to a sauce. This has been in the refinery of mom's crock pot. It's been cooked, it's been reduced, and this is the task, this is the job, this is the responsibility of parents and especially of the tender heart of the home, the moms, to train up a child. A child, if they're to be trained, they're to be given instruction, they're to be given an opportunity to fail and to fall, and then to receive instruction on how not to repeat the past failure and the past fall, to learn, to get criticism that builds them up and shows them the right way, to train up a child. It means that the mom has to be involved. It means there has to be some sort of dialogue between the child who has been assigned to her for training and what the mom knows herself about life. But the truth is, if you're going to train up a child, if you're going to be the mom that can, but the mother who must, you must have faith because you cannot give to your children what you do not possess. There's no way for you to train them up to love Christ, to follow Christ, to be obedient to Christ if you yourself do not follow him in obedience and have faith. You can't train up someone in something that you do not possess. If I had to teach Stephen, someone today, how to sow and my life depended on it, I would not make it because I've never been trained in sowing. But moms, you know how to sow. You know how to show somebody else how to sow. That same principle applies to our spiritual life. If you're going to be a mother that can, you must have faith. And it's not just uh, participation on Sunday morning. A walk of faith is a lifestyle. It's what you are when no one else is looking, when no one else is watching. It's the music that you allow yourself to consume, the movies and the entertainment that you allow in your home. It's the places that you go on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That is the faith walk and the journey that God's given us as Christians. At the end of the day, we're all given an opportunity to live. The Bible says that once appointed unto man to die. In other words, God knows when each and every one of us, if he tarries, he knows when each and every one of us will take our last breath on this earth. We all have an expiration date. Everybody. If you're here today, you're listening to the voice of the preacher. You have an expiration date. If the Lord tarries another hundred years, more than likely everybody under the sound of my voice will be home in heaven or in eternity. And at the end of the day, mom, what you give your children will not matter near as much as what you do with Jesus in your home. You see, you can leave your children millions of dollars. You can make sure that they get to go to the beach and the lake and have memories and activities and travel ball. And you can make sure that there's a ginormous Christmas under the Christmas tree. But at that child's day of death, when it's your baby's day to take their last breath on this earth, it will not matter, nor will it even quantify how much money they have. It won't matter how many memories they made. It will not matter how many Christmas presents they had. All that will matter at that point in their last seconds on this earth is what they did with Jesus. And if your children are going to have any hope of seeing a faithful Christian, then it must be at home. You cannot expect anyone, listen to the words coming out of my mouth, you cannot expect anyone on the periphery to be the single source of a faith life in front of your children. If you're depending on the faith of your parents, their grandparents, to be the source of faith in their life, then you're missing the greatest opportunity and the greatest influence that that child has. If you're not walking a lifestyle in front of your child that honors God and you're depending on this church to do it for a few hours a month, you are not living in reality. It's not a teacher's position. It's not an instructor's job. It's not a grandparent or another family member's job. If those babies have been assigned to you and to your home, they have to get their faith understanding from the people that live in their home with them. That's mom and dad. 
Moms must have faith. And this is an awesome opportunity today that if Jesus is not at the forefront of your everyday life experience, if your children don't know what your faith is, then this is a great day to draw a line in the sand as a mom and say, I will not live one more single solitary day without Jesus being the forefront of my home. We're gonna pray before we eat. We're gonna read and study God's word together as a family. We're going to pray not only for each other, but for our pastor, for our church, for those that are sick on the prayer list. You want a great place to start a faith journey with a child? Take the prayer list that's given out here at church home, show it to your children and say, hey, here's somebody that's sick, let's pray for them. And then watch God explode their faith when they have knelt down beside their bed and prayed for someone and then they come to church and see them back in church healthy, build their faith, give them an opportunity to survive and let them see your faith. Mothers must have faith. The truth is, there is no gray area here. If you do not feed them, if you do not show them, then the world will. The human mind is a sponge. A young human mind does nothing but emulate and repeat and demonstrate what it's seeing at home. The problem in America isn't more legislation for better schools. The problem in America is the nucleus of the American family has failed. And if you are going to be a mom that can, that can make it, that can survive, that can see your children stay away from sin and a lifestyle of destruction, then you must be a mom full of faith. Nothing encourages me more as a pastor to hear a report from the children's ministry when a child has gone to school and shared their faith with another child. One recently I heard one of our children went on the playground and had their own revival service. And you were gonna get in trouble if you didn't come. And they said stuff like Jesus is the only way. Jesus loves you. Jesus wants you to follow him. Very simple. But where did that child leak that out? Because that child's sponge was filled with the truth of God's word. That child knows what it is to love Jesus and to worship him and to live in a life that pleases him. He did not learn that from the TV or the iPad or the cell phone. That precious child learned it from his mother who's full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. Moms must have faith. Secondly, moms must set the example. Moms, you have to be full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, but you must set the example. Your babies need to learn what it is to live from watching you. I go to the New Testament and I look at the mother, the earthly mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And have you ever thought about this? Why did Jesus choose to come? Why did God allow Jesus to come as a baby? Why wouldn't he just come, Pastor Will, as a 31-year-old, do a couple years of ministry, and then die as the perfect sacrifice? Why would he come as a baby? You say the Old Testament prophecy. It had to be fulfilled. More than that. Why would Jesus come to this earth and subject himself to being born from a virgin teenager named Mary's womb? Why would the Son of God do that? You remember, Jesus is all God and he's all man. And Jesus came into this world as a baby, not only to fill prophecy, to fulfill the word that had been spoken for hundreds of years, but Jesus came as a baby for the sake of his humanity. If he's all God and he's all man, then Jesus needed to have a mother. And in his love for you, demonstrating what he was while he was here and still is, Jesus lived a sinless, perfect life as someone who needed a mom. Mary follows a great example. She lives it out in front of Jesus. She takes Jesus for dedication after he's born. She takes him to the temple on a regular basis. She was obedient to the angel of the Lord. Imagine, ladies, 
If you're engaged today and the angel of the Lord comes to you and you're married and you have to go tell your fiance that the angel of the Lord came and that you're pregnant. That's the conversation that Mary had to have with Joseph. But she was so obedient, so tender, and so righteous in her own right that God elevated her to a place where he said, I can trust you to be the mother of my son. And Jesus, in love, came as a tender baby. And Mary was such a good mother. She's a great example not only to Jesus but to all of us. And as Mary tended to his needs, she was taking care of not only her hope, every time she wiped the face of Jesus, every time she held him in her arms, she was not just holding the hope of her own life, but she was cradling and holding the hope of all mankind. Mary had a very important task. And where you take your children, just like where Mary took her children, matters. Even at an early age, where your children are throughout the week matters. The lake is a fantastic thing. It's a wonderful place to make memories. The beach is top notch. The best. Who doesn't love a beach? And it's wonderful to take your children there and to have the moments and the experience. Some of the greatest moments in my life are on a beach somewhere with Dwight and Beverly and Ralph and Musette and a fishing pole and a ham sandwich. Some of the greatest memories of all time. But if I had to be completely transparent with you, those memories are great and they're wonderful and I'm thankful for them. But those memories do not hold a candle. They do not pale in comparison to the memories I made here on this campus. Miss Debbie, God love her, teaching me in Awanas that Jesus loves me, that he died for me, that his word is the lamp into my feet and the light into my path. Those are the times, those are the places that mattered the most. Because in a season of rebellion, a season of being away, a child that had been trained up had to make a decision. Either you're going to be obedient to be who I've called you to be or you're going to live the rest of your life in a state of misery. And all because I had been trained and had been loved and had been shown what it means to be a Christian, to live for Christ, I had something to go back to. What Mary did for Jesus was important. And mom, what you do with your babies, your children, it matters. And mom, sometimes you're going to have to be the strong one in the home. I'm about to tread on what some will call holy ground. But moms, it may be you that has to walk into a tired dad who's worked all day just like you have who's tired, who's popping Advil, and he has the only thing that we men know to be in comparison to childbirth, and that is the headache of the man. You don't understand how bad they are. It's a near-death experience a headache can be. Brother Ken, am I right? Amen. And those headaches, as bad as they are, sometimes dad's going to have to be a little bit more tough we're going to have to swallow our Advil and stop looking at the lazy boy when you know the Braves are getting ready to play. And you're going to have to be like Mary and you're going to have to say, Joseph, get up. We're taking Jesus to the synagogue. We're going to the daily reading. Now, if I'm Joseph, my number one excuse is, Mary, you've lost your mind. That is the, the son of God. He doesn't have to go to synagogue. That would be my excuse. He's good. We're all good. Let's just stay here. But you're going to have to be like Mary and say, no, get up. We're going. And dads, we're going to have to be tender enough and ask God to lead us and guide us enough to remember what the cost is of not being here. What the potential harm could be. 
what the potential of one Sunday night in the children's ministry could mean for your children. It all matters. Mothers must have faith. Mothers must set the example. And mothers must stay persistent in protection. How many mama bears do I have out there today? You know what I'm talking about. How many mama bears do I have out there? Protective of their babies. It's the nature that God's given you. You want to protect your child. You don't want anything to harm it. You don't want anything to come near it that could cause it harm. Or mama bear's going to growl. The younger they are, the more pronounced it is. And then somehow it switches back over. As they get older, it gets 10 times worse than when they were four years old. How dare you talk about my baby who's 45 years old? That's the nature of the mom. But moms, in this life and in this world, you can be a mom that can, but you're going to have to be a mother that must stay persistent in your protection of your children. The protection that you provide is some of the best. There might come a time where even in your persistent protection that you're going to have to get used to persecution. Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. You may have to be a protective mother and not allow something to happen in the life of your child that someone who's a dear friend of yours feels completely comfortable allowing to happen in the life of their child. But that is not their baby. It's your baby. And if God puts it in your heart that they don't need to go down that road or they don't need to go to that place or they don't need to be in that certain circumstance, then you be persistent in your protection and follow God. But be ready for persecution. It may start out with someone at the nail salon who can't believe you won't allow your child to watch that show or go to that place. It may be a friend that you've known all your life that suddenly feels so upset that you would even say that that's not right. What are you trying to say? I'm not a good enough parent. I'm not as good a parent as you are. I feel comfortable and you don't, so you're the better parent. That's the conversation you'll have to be willing to have if you'll be persistent in your protection. You might even have to be like Jochebed, the mother of Moses, and understand that obeying God is always more important than obeying the government. After Pharaoh had ordered all the firstborn male babies to be killed, one woman named Jochebed, the mother of Moses, she desperately looked for a way to save her newborn son. She was willing to risk it all so that Moses had a chance. She was willing to go against the grain but she was not willing to give up her baby to the control of Pharaoh. She would just simply hand him over without a fight. And there might come a place and a time where you have to go against the mandate of rulers and simply obey God. And you might just have to place your baby in the protective ark and hide them away from the demons and the devils of this world. If God puts it in your heart that your baby is not going to be exposed to what their teacher wants to teach them about sexual identity and gender assignment or anything in between, you be persistent in your protection and get your babies to the ark. If you don't want another cartoon in your home that displays homosexual ideology in fun little songs or quick passing innuendo, then ark up your babies and hide them in the bulrushes and be persistent in your protection. Moms, if you're tired of what the TV, the iPad, the internet in general is doing to the teenager living in your home and you're watching the very tender, loving, sweet nature of your child become the shell of what they used to be, the personality that they used to have fading away right before your eyes, if Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok are stealing the soul of your child, if you are watching it happen before it's too late, get your teenager to the ark. They may not understand it. They may not enjoy it. They may not like it. But for the sake of possibly their soul, be persistent in your protection. But be ready for persecution. 
It may start costing Christian families a little bit more skin in the game to keep their homes honorable before the Lord and their children protected from the devils and the demons of this earth whose plan, whose blueprint for your baby's life is to send them into an eternity without knowing who Jesus even is. And what we have to have as parents who are walking in faith, moms that are full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, who are setting the example, is to be persistent in your protection and not willing to give up the protection that your child is owed for the sake of being labeled the cool mom or the cool dad. Be ready for persecution because it will come. For now, it may just be a girlfriend or a coworker. It may just be somebody that gives you a hard time. It may even be somebody at church that makes a rude comment. Oh, you're becoming so radical in your tendencies with your children. You won't let them watch Disney Plus? What's wrong with you? Those are the conversations you're going to have to be willing to have with people. How could you allow that in your home? Is what some should be saying. You say, that's not popular Mother's Day preaching. It's the only hope for the next generation. Moms full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, setting the example, persistent in their protection, but ready for whatever comes because at the end of the day, your baby's worth it. You'll let them make fun of you. You'll let them talk about you, but you can go to bed with peace that you've done all that you can to protect your child. And truthfully, every mother wants safety and security. And it doesn't always have to be this oppressive, hard place for you to live in. You can create a place of safety and security in your own home with your own children. 1 Peter 3 has a great passage here. It's verse 13 through 15. Read this with me. And who is he that will harm you? If ye be followers of that which is good... Listen to what that verse is saying. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Now pay attention to verse 14, the wording. But and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. There's that word happy, makarios again. Happy are ye and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Even in this world of madness and mayhem and problems and issues, you can be a mother with hope. Not because of a midterm election. Not because of the next rising political star. Not because of someone you follow on Instagram or read about in a newspaper. Your hope as a mother, your makarios, your inward satisfaction can only be found in the person of Jesus Christ for you and your family. Jesus is the key. Jesus is the anchor. Jesus is the only way you can have that peace, that safety, and that security. If your home has an absence of Christ, it will have an absence of peace. If your home has an absence of Christ, it will have an absence of goodness. You want to fix the problem at home, quit going to a counselor and instead getting God's word. Husbands, lead the home. Seek after that which is good. Who will harm you? What can touch you? The Bible says. Your hope is secure in the person of Jesus and there is nothing to fear when in faith you follow. But without faith, there is everything to fear when you fall. There is no gray area as it pertains to that lifestyle. Miss Amber, I want you to come to the piano. We'll close with this. To be a mom who can, you must be a mother that has faith, that sets the example. You have to stay persistent in your protection, but always be ready for persecution. And lastly, a mom who can is a mother 
that must understand the cost of the cross. You have to understand the cost of the cross. See, Mary followed through. Mary's a good mama. She loved that boy. Imagine being assigned to tend to the Son of God and you've got to feed him and you've got to bathe him and you've got to clothe him. And every day that he grows in her arms until he's too big to hold. Mary knew. Mary knew that Jesus had been born not simply to live a normal life, but to live a sinless, perfect life, but that one day he would die. She acknowledged it when she was at the temple with Simeon. Simeon said, this is the redemption of Israel. All that means is this child has been born to die. Mary knew that. And yet her baby boy, who she knows and who she loves, she knows what it is to smell him. She knows what it is to feel his skin. She knows what his voice sounds like. Every mother knows that of their child. But she remembered every day. It's like a little dagger in the heart. He's one day closer to what's coming. Every time she thought about the cross and what would come of Jesus, her heart would skip a beat. And honestly, it would be more than any mother could bear to witness the brutality of the cross. And just coming out of Easter, we are reminded of just how brutal and horrible the cross is. But if you go to the book of John, the 19th chapter, not only was Mary there when he was born, but Mary followed all the way through. And Mary's one of the few people we find Brother Paul at the cross. You go to the 26th verse. Jesus is on the cross. He is getting ready to give up the ghost. The crown of thorns is on his head. And above him, the mocking of the Romans. Here is the king of the Jews. The sign above his head reads. And Jesus on the cross, he looks down. And the verse says, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and with a disciple standing by whom he loved. This is John the Beloved. Jesus said to his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Mom, look at what they've done to me. No doubt the humanity of Christ would to be in the comfort and the love of his mother's arms and not hanging on a cross. He said, Mom, look, behold, this is what's happening. And right there in that moment, it strikes Mary to the core of her soul. She is now understanding the cost of the cross. That the price that had to be paid, not only for her, but for all people to come, was that her son would be brutalized and become the thing that he never was. And then Jesus sees his mom and he looks at John the beloved. And then he said to the disciple, John, Take care of my mama. For the rest of your life, John, she's your responsibility. He says, behold my mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Jesus loved his mama. And she loved him. And in that moment, she understood the cost of the cross. And mama, at some point, your child is going to see Jesus for who he really is. And the scales are going to fall off his eyes. The light's going to come on in her little heart. And she's going to see Jesus for who he is and for what he is. And in faith, your baby's going to trust in the Lord Jesus for eternal life. Believe upon his name. And then if they're going to follow Jesus, they'll have to follow the words of our Lord and Savior, which is found in Luke 9. And he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And moms, at some point, 
you're going to have to embrace the cost of the cross for your own children. And as they carry their cross on the narrow way, you're going to have to stand on the sidelines and let them carry it. You can't make your children love God. You can't make them love Him with all their heart. They have to carry their cross. But isn't it so much easier for them to follow mama and daddy on the same narrow path, carrying their cross, looking back and saying, it's gonna be okay. You're gonna make it. I know that this world is trying its best to distract you and it's trying its best to destroy your life. But if you'll just be faithful to follow mama and daddy as we follow Jesus, pick up your cross and follow me. But you cannot carry the cross for your own babies. When it becomes theirs to bear and theirs to carry, it'll be up to them. Give them a fighting chance. Give your children a fighting chance. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And if you're not living this in front of your children, will something please break or fracture on the inside of you today that you say no more. My home is gonna pursue Christ no matter what it costs. Because the soul of my children depends upon the faith that they see in their family. It could be that your faithfulness in the midst of a storm will be the trigger point where it all makes sense. This verse in Philippians 3 sums it all up. The Christian life is not a bed of roses. Miss Pam, it's not meant to be easy. It's tough and it's difficult. If Weston's gonna have hope, it'll be because somebody is leading the way. If Jackson's gonna have hope, it'll be because somebody leads the way. If Zay is gonna have hope, somebody's gonna have to lead the way. And in this verse, it says that I may know him. I want to know Jesus. I want to follow him and pick up my cross and the power of his resurrection. That's what will change your life is the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Being made conformable unto his death. And a mom who can is a mother who must embrace the lifestyle, the promise, and the fellowship of the cross of Jesus Christ. Every head bowed and every eye closed. It's a somber moment. It's a heavy moment. The responsibility of children the ease of being distracted by the things of this world. It's not easy. There was a woman, a Canaanite woman in the book of Matthew whose daughter was in a terrible place. Unto death, this Canaanite woman's daughter was almost gone. Oppressed and possessed by the things of this world. She comes to Jesus and the disciples almost kind of push her away. Almost like saying, Jesus is too busy right now. She's a Canaanite. We don't have time. But Jesus responds and he allows her to come. In verse 25 of Matthew chapter 15. It's probably where we all just need to be today. Then came she and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. And moms, what you need in your heart today is this prayer. 
Lord, I worship you. I thank you for who you are and for what you are and for the potential that you have for my life and for my family. But Lord, help me. I can't do it for you. The Baptist denomination can't fix it for you. No matter how much you love a pastor or a staff member, we can't fix it. We can't make it for you. But you can in faith believing. Say, Lord, help me. And maybe today you're overwhelmed with what it means to be a mother in these days. You need to come to this altar and say, Lord, help me. If you're like me and Miranda and you're praying about the future children that God is going to give you. If you're praying about the right person to marry and you want children one day, this can be something you start now. A prayer that you begin to pray now. Lord, help me. Is there a mom here in the building today that can just quietly put up your hand and say, Pastor, I'm in a difficult place as a mom and I need the Lord's help. No one's looking around, but would you just slip up your hands? Moms everywhere with their hands up. I see all the hands. God bless you. Is there a mom that's here that says, Pastor, I cannot say with any assurance that if I were to die today or Jesus were to come, that Jesus is not Lord of my life. I don't have a personal relationship. I don't even know what it means to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have that faith that you're talking about. What a wonderful place to be on Mother's Day. Is there anybody here that can say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not sure I'm saved. Pray for me. Would you just raise your hand? Anyone in the building. No one's going to come to you, embarrass you. We just want to know how to pray. God bless you, sir. I see your hand. Anyone else? It's one precious adult that raised their hand. Anyone else? Here's what I want to do. I want us to pray the prayer of the Canaanite woman. And all the moms that raised your hand, you're in a place where you need God to give you something. I want you to come and I want you to pray. If your husband's here, if you have a husband, I want you to grab him by the hand and I want you to come. If you're a single mother, I want you to come anyway and someone in the church, a sister is gonna come and pray with you. Let's stand all over the building. If you raised your hand, something in your life, you need some help. There were so many hands. I want you to come. Lead the way. Let's pray together. Deacons' wives, pastors' wives, would you help me? There were so many hands that went up moms in desperate need. Husbands, when was the last time you took your wife by the hand and said, honey, let's go pray. There's some husbands, maybe today, this is the place you need to take your wife by the hand and simply come and thank God for the wife that he gave you, the mother of your children. Some of you have babies on the way. You need God to prepare you for parenthood. Would you come and let us pray for you? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Miss Amber's going to sing.